Hey, it's Dr. Sarah and Alicia here, and you are listening to the Pregnancy for Professionals podcast. Our goal is to bring forward evidence-based information from all disciplines, supporting pregnant people through their journey to becoming new parents. From physicians to midwives, nurses to physiotherapists, and everyone in between. Make sure to fill out the quick survey in the show notes to let us know which topics you are interested in learning about and to make sure we are serving you, our maternity care provider community, well. Don't forget, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Please consult with your team and your community for individual medical decisions that need to be made. Check us out on Instagram at pregnancy for professionals to find informative and educational posts for both you and that you can use for your patients. Good morning, Chelsea. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to have you on our podcast to be talking about such a very important topic, intrusive thoughts. Yes, so important and so common, right? I think a lot of people are scared to say it out loud, but I think the research shows like 70% like minimum is of moms experience intrusive thoughts. So they're saying like upwards to 100%. Oh, for sure. For sure. So yeah, so important. I'm wondering if perhaps you could start by just introducing yourself to us and telling us a little bit about who you are and why you and I are going to talk about this topic today. Sounds good. I sometimes I do say we because I'm usually with Caitlin. So if you hear the think of it as like the royal we. (laughs) But so I'm Chelsea. I'm one half of of Mama Psychologist. So I co-founded it with my colleague and best friend, Caitlin. So we are moms to four kids, five and under. So we're in the thick of toddler (laughs) together. And I'm also a registered psychologist in Alberta, Canada. That's a little bit about my professional background. But really, I guess, honestly, what brought us here and what made us so passionate about this topic is Caitlin and I both had some really rough postpartum experience. So Mm -hmm. Caitlin suffered from significant postpartum anxiety. She had a lot of trouble even like leaving her house, driving, those kind of things. And then with my firstborn, we had a three and a half month Nick stay. So it just threw my world upside down. And when we were in the thick of postpartum, we were both like, we are quote unquote equipped to handle this. We have the training. We've worked with families for years and we're floundering. Like how, where are the, all these resources and for the mental health of new moms? And we felt like it was really lacking. So in our postpartum fog, we're like, do you want to do this together and reach some like local... <laughs> local people and we both just jumped in and started doing mama psychologists and here we are three years later still still doing it and trying to educate and share as much information about these topics as we can yeah it's amazing and I will share that we got the opportunity to connect oh my gosh two years ago now maybe, or more and and shared a podcast of your experiences and Caitlin so I will link that in the show notes if folks want to hear your experiences with postpartum, because I think it's so important for it to be normalized that we all go through it. Yeah, absolutely. No. And even it's so different, even when you have more than one child. I remember bringing my daughter home. My son was about two and a half. He's sobbing. She's sobbing. I'm sobbing. It's just, it's not a pretty picture. And it's sometimes it's hard to admit that and hard to share that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So let's dive in. And can you just start by telling us what intrusive thoughts are? Absolutely. So intrusive thoughts are basically unwanted or unconscious thoughts that pop into our conscious mind. And they're often related to accidental harm or intentional harm. So this could be under things such as a really common categories of intrusive thoughts would be 
accident or injury. So dropping the baby, something happening to baby, sickness or health related things. So baby getting sick, needing to go to the hospital, even death related, right? If they got sick and they died, violence from self or from others. So this could be like, if you're holding baby and you're in the kitchen, you're like, oh my gosh, what if I like dropped a knife in that cut baby and hurt baby? Or what if somebody else came in and tried to kidnap my baby? Just different things like that. And often the least talked about is like sexual thoughts related to harm to, to your child. So this could be things such as from yourself or from somebody else as well. So that can be really hard for parents to talk about. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's when you say that I with my first definitely had postpartum anxiety and had like very specific intrusive thoughts. And they were all around like dropping the baby, pushing a stroller into traffic mm-hmm. and since like sleep related stuff. Yeah, um, totally. And it's just, oh my gosh, they're so vivid, right? Yes. Yeah, they can be. And they're often unwanted, uncontrolled, right? It just happens. And so it can feel really disruptive and very scary for new parents to experience this especially if they haven't been talked about it before, because it's like, how do, what's happening? Like, why are these thoughts coming up for me? But research shows that intrusive thoughts are actually rooted in like an evolutionary basis. So we want to be heightened, right? We want to have, be more aware of the dangers that are in our environment to protect our baby. Now, sometimes those aren't always constructive. <laughs> sometimes it's just nice to know that these are actually rooted. There's a reason for these thoughts coming up and happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's like an interesting example Alicia gave was like worrying about your baby drowning in the bath. That's a protective. Don't leave your baby alone in the mm-hmm. bath. But if you're unable to bathe your baby because you're so scared. Yeah. So it's really interested that it's rooted in biology and evolution, which totally makes sense. But it doesn't necessarily make those really bad ones any less scary. No, for sure. For sure. And you nailed it, right? We want these thoughts to feel disruptive. We want them to feel uneasy. We want to think about the think about the dangers and what's going on. But we don't want them to be so disruptive that we can't do things, right? Like we've had moms where they're so afraid of dropping their baby down the stairs that they can't go down the stairs and they might like scoot on their bums or just not. They create their life so they don't have to do those things. And obviously, if it gets to that realm, then definitely that's like an area where we're like, okay, that's time to get support, time to look for help and time to try to figure out ways to manage it a little bit differently so that it's not so disruptive in your life and you can recognize it and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm like reflecting back to my time. How do you recommend like providers talk to patients and clients about intrusive thoughts? Do do you talk about them before they happen? Should you prepare people to expect they might come? What would you recommend folks do? I think it depends where you're at in that relationship. Obviously, if you can do it before, that's best. That's great. I think that opens the doorway to those conversations later on. So, you know, when you are working with somebody who has intrusive thoughts, they feel more comfortable like sharing that with you. Or sometimes that's not possible, right? Sometimes you have a new relationship or you meet them afterwards. And in those scenarios, I definitely recommend just being as blunt and as straightforward as you can, right? Because I think sometimes when we use like euphemisms or if we're using like different language, it's easy to get a skirt around the question. Whereas it's, this is a really common issue that new moms experience, parents experience, and this is what it is. Have you had this happen? And I think that it gives that opportunity to be like, okay, here's some normalization, Mm -hmm. psychoeducation around it, right? Also like we can talk about it. That's okay. Yeah. I think it's so true. Normalizing is so important because people are just so vulnerable and scared during that new postpartum period when your body's changed, your life is turned upside down, you're not sleeping, your hormones all over the place. And uh, just to know that you're not alone in what you're going through. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we hear from parents all the time. That's one of the most common things is I had no idea this could happen or I had mm-hmm. no idea that it was so common and everyone else is going through this as I'm sitting rocking my baby at 3 a.m. thinking I'm going like insane. I'm not understanding where my feelings and thoughts are coming from. Yeah, it's so true. It's something that we definitely need to talk about more. And so I'm glad we're talking about it today. Yes. No, absolutely. I think it's getting more common, especially as postpartum anxiety starts to become more common. We talk about it a little bit more than we did. I know postpartum depression was the big one. And now we're talking about some other mood disorders. I think they almost come hand in hand. Like we see them coming together, even though that's not necessarily the case. But I think it's allowed people to really start providing space for that conversation about intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think when I, back to my experience, I I had postpartum anxiety and it, I think it would have led to depression had I not gotten it treated. But it's interesting because we didn't, I had my first, who is now nine. I had to think about that. We didn't talk about postpartum anxiety as much back then or OCD. So we've definitely come a long way. Yeah, it's so good. And I think it provides that like that space to be like, you know what, I'm struggling and I'm not doing well and I need that support, right? It's the kind of mentality before I was like, you're a new mom, of course you feel this way. Like, of course you would struggle this way. Whereas yeah. now it's a little bit more, there's more opportunity to be like, okay, you feel that way, but you don't like, you don't have to just suffer inside. Yeah. To that, what do you recommend folks? So say they're having a visit with a patient or client and they disclose they're having intrusive thoughts. What do you recommend in terms of like how to figure out if they are impacting their life in a more significant way that might need treatment versus sort of some recommendations for people who are having intrusive thoughts, but they're still able to function? I think it's asking that question, right? Is it preventing you from doing anything? Do you feel like it's so scary that, you know, you can't do something that you normally could do and phrasing it in that way where it's allowing them to be like, it's there, it's not there, what's coming up for me. For people that are managing it well, it's often just giving them space to talk about it if they need to, but also being like, hey, you know what, you're doing the things you need to do. You're acknowledging the truestive thoughts. That's great. We can always revisit it if we need to or continue to check in on it to ensure that it's staying that way. For people who it is more intrusive, I have a little cycle that I like to help for like framework working through the intrusive thoughts. One is encouraging them to label the thoughts as intrusive. We want to name it to tame it, which sounds cheesy, but it's so true. Sometimes empowering to be like, I know what's happening to me and I know what this is and I can call it something. Then it's giving, helping practice give themselves permission to have these thoughts. They're uncontrollable. It doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It doesn't mean you're a bad parent. It doesn't mean you don't love your child or you're thinking of all these bad scenarios. It's actually often the opposite, right? You're, you have these thoughts because you love them and you want to keep them safe. So it doesn't make you bad. And I think it's important to highlight that. And then providing space for those, and this is more into that kind of CBT area, but providing space to be like, the thoughts can come and go. My thought is just the thought. It doesn't have to define me. So teaching them how to be like, okay, these thoughts come and go, Mm -hmm. especially if they are managing okay. Maybe they're not thriving, but they're not necessarily shut in into their house, for example, but providing space for them. And then we love mama mantras. So, you know, things you can tell yourself, this thought does not make me a bad, this thought Mm -hmm. Is it, it, in a way, it's a caring thought and just like really providing space and opportunity for that. Oh my gosh, I love mantras. I think they're so helpful, especially if you start to feel overwhelmed, you can just go back to that. So your third of mind is spinning. Okay, so name it to tame it. So just label it as an intrusive thought yeah, uh, and just almost give yourself permission to have those thoughts. Is that what you said? Yeah. And then yeah. just that CBT sort of, this doesn't make me a bad mother. It makes me a caring mother. 
Absolutely. And, and of course, like if they are, you can do all those other things of like, mm-hmm. are you caring for your needs, which is often the first thing to go when you have a new baby, right? Mm-hmm. Like you care for yourself. And then you don't really have the bandwidth to even work through these things. So some of it can, you can go back and dig into some of that. Or if it's just about the intrusive thoughts or what you have time for, right? Yeah. Obviously, appointments don't have the time to do the things that we do sometimes. Our providers have different times. It's just, I think, yeah, acknowledging it for them if it's limited time and just saying, hey, like it's not, it doesn't make you bad. Yeah, I think so much of supporting mental health is just normalizing it, right? If folks are still able to function and get by. And I think also you just, you hit like on such a huge point, which is new moms and new parents are sometimes neglectful in looking after themselves. Like they're not sleeping. They're not like taking any time for themselves. It's just baby, baby, baby house. Like, totally. um, and it's so important to not just normalize that, but also encourage them to have a little bit of time to themselves. Yeah. And whatever that looks like. And I know self-care is such an annoying word now because it's a buzzword. I know. I'm trying to figure out a different term. (laughs) But I really think of it as going back to basic needs, right? Are you meeting your basic needs in Mm -hmm. the day? And if you're not, how can we be intentional about And maybe it's not every day in the newborn stage, right? You have to shower every day if that feels like too much. Eating, drinking. I'm not going to say rest because that's also annoying. (laughs) What out of your basic needs can we really focus on? You have an opportunity to have that executive functioning coming back online a little. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a good point. I have this, I remember being like, I showered today. I brushed my teeth. Like really basic stuff. It's really important. Yeah. I don't have spit up on my pants because I changed them finally. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Three days. Right? Yeah. Like these little simple things that aren't simple when you're in it, but can make such a big difference. Yeah, for sure. And then as a physician, I've supported folks with postpartum mental health. And so I'm just wondering your take when somebody is to the point where it is impacting their function. As a physician, we may consider medications and um, many family physicians are very comfortable starting basic anti-anxiety or antidepressant yeah. medications. What other tools do you recommend for folks that are having more severe interference with their function in addition to medications? I always say medication is just a tool to help build the other skills. Absolutely. If possible, working with the therapist, I think, is going to be the biggest combo, right? (laughs) Of course, come medication therapy. We always always have that combo if that's possible. Obviously, somebody trained in perinatal can be really helpful because they're going to have that knowledge base of what intrusive thoughts are and be just have that just a little bit more awareness piece. And so if that's an option, I think that's definitely really important, especially since if it is intruding their daily life, they're probably not having that quality of life. That being said, if therapy isn't necessarily an option because it financial, time, all of those factors that go into it, then we definitely recommend trying to utilize those online resources like postpartum.org or those online communities as if they're vetted, <laughs> if they yeah. have a good like resource. So we always tell practitioners, like have some really good resources that you trust and that you feel are quality resources so you can share those. If they can't get into an appointment, can they at least look at some of this online and have access to it that way? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree for sure. I personally took medication and then also went to someone with a expertise in, in postpartum. And for me, that was really helpful, like very quick turnaround to feeling way more myself. What would you recommend? Can you share some of your trusted resources that you might have, including I know you guys have some resources too, but just sharing what's available. And that's the nice thing about virtual stuff, right? It doesn't like you're in Alberta, but folks can still access a lot of what you guys have, including your book. 
Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, yes, of course. No, <laughs> yeah. um, but postpartum.org, that's their website. Sorry, Postpartum International is a wonderful yeah. resource. It's a yeah. starting. Unfortunately, there's not any major websites in Canada that I'm super familiar with that are quite as inclusive as yeah. that site. So we always recommend Postpartum International for sure, because they go over everything. They have free support groups. They also have a directory of like perinatal professionals that have signed up with them. So you can always look for a professional in your area as well, if that's an option. If it's more so looking for a therapist, we always recommend Psychology Today, which is often lots of Canadian therapists will be on it. So it's a good way to see what are they trained in? How do you connect with them? What are their your service fees and all of that. So you can have a picture of who might be a good option for you. And then obviously, I'm sure you've heard of her Karen client. Kleeman is also a wonderful resources. I hope I'm saying her last name right now. Yeah, I don't know if I know her. So she wrote the book, Good Moms Have Scary Thoughts. So um, she, yeah. Yeah. I'm probably saying her last name wrong. No, that's um, okay. I know the book, but I haven't read it actually. Um, it's actually a picture book more so. It's like a cartoon type book. So it's more so for that like normalization piece mm -hmm. of like intrusive thoughts. But she's a great resource. Her website is more so for professionals. So you can always look at her if you are a professional. But if you're person and just looking for those resources her books are great oh cool that's really good to know another one i will recommend to folks although i haven't navigated it a ton is pacific postpartum it's one that's oh. based out of vancouver i believe yeah and a colleague actually here in victoria who's very passionate about postpartum mental health has built and this is for folks local to victoria like peer-led postpartum support groups oh amazing i'll have to look yeah. it up Love to look at that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's really helpful. Is there anything else that you think we should touch on about intrusive thoughts? We talked about what they are, how common they are, how important it is to normalize them. I would just say the red flag, like when is it like yeah. a medical emergency? And yeah. so for us, when the intrusive thoughts don't feel disturbing, so the opposite of what you're probably feeling when considered a medical emergency. So that's when you need to connect with either the emergency room or with your care provider or your birth support team, whoever you're working with in terms of a postpartum from a healthcare standpoint is when it, when you should go and find out, find some help. Because if they aren't feeling it, like un, unnatural or if they aren't feeling like it's something that wouldn't happen, then we want to make sure that you're not getting into that kind of postpartum psychosis kind of area. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. And it does. It's rare, but it does happen. So that's an important thing to point out as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to repeat what you said because I thought it was really good because it's a tool that like if you're with a client or a patient and you don't have much time, just a few tips you can give. So name it to tame it. Call it an yeah. intrusive thought. See, look, I'm forgetting already. What was the next it thing you said? Provide space that it doesn't make you yes. a bad person or a bad parent. For yes. Yeah. And I think tied into that is that psychoeducation piece, right? If you have that time to just talk about it a little bit, talk about what it is and why it happens. Sometimes even that's enough reassurance that it's going to de-escalate how that yeah. person is feeling. So even if you only have five minutes and you're like, hey, let's just learn about this together. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And it's crazy like what you can actually accomplish in just a few minutes, right? If you just sit down and have a really focused and direct conversation. We always say information is so empowering for people and just that normalizing it is so key. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then can you share some of your mantras again in case folks want to have them to recommend to people? We'll credit you, of course. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yes. So intrusive thoughts don't make me a bad mom. This is actually a loving or caring or protective 
adjective thought, I always give a few adjectives so they can adjust it to how they yeah. want to. And also my thoughts are not facts. It's my one of my absolute favorites because it's like, I can have these thoughts, but that doesn't define me. That doesn't necessarily mean it's who I am. I don't have to buy into it if I don't want to. So my thoughts are not facts is one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. And then just remembering red flags as a provider. If you're seeing someone who they're not finding the thoughts disturbing, they're not, they're thinking it's something that like could happen or uh, those sort of red flags, then absolutely reach out for more support. And uh, if you're not sure who to call, like I would call a psych, like most cities and centers have psychiatrists on call. So if you're a care provider and you're dealing with this, that would be my recommendation. So say you're a massage therapist or physio and your client discloses this to you, I would recommend calling. That is a time when it would be appropriate if you have any, there's no concerns about confidentiality when safety is concerned, right? So if there's a concern about the safety of the mom or the baby, I would absolutely call the care provider if you need a direction. Yeah, I'm, I can't imagine that ever happening, but if it were to happen, I would want to make sure that care provider felt safe and empowered to reach out to ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's so important and can be intimidating, right? As a provider, even to be like making that decision and making that call yeah. and trying to know what's best. And supervision is always great if that's an option. And to yeah. be as comfortable with the perinatal world, I think that can be just reassuring. Hey, you're doing a great job too, or you're catching these things and you're sharing these things. If you feel like you need that, and to build that confidence up to make those calls, I'm a big supporter of supervision. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Can you, if folks are interested in learning more about you or your book, can you let them know where to find you? Absolutely. So we are mainly on Instagram. So at Mama Psychologist, we do have a website as well, mamapsychologist.ca. We pretend we know what we're doing on TikTok, but we don't actually know what we're doing. So you can find us there occasionally. <laughs> and then of course, yeah, our book, Not Your Mother's Postpartum Book is written as an encyclopedia for moms to talk about some of these really common, really frequent struggles that we hear about in our practice all the time and that we experienced ourselves as new moms. And so we really wanted to create this resource where it's twofold. One, they could just flip to the issue that they're struggling with and not having to read a whole mm -hmm. book on the issue because let's be honest, who has time for that all the time, especially when you're sleep deprived. It also has exercises with each chapter. So they can, practitioners can use it if they want to help provide support to their, the clients they're working with, but also the person who's looking at it can actually tailor it and make it their own and really dive into some of these if they aren't able to always connect with a particular support person to be able to do that. Yeah, that's great. It's such a great resource to have for folks. And I will make sure that we link everything in the show notes for people if they want to learn more about it. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was great to talk about. Always a pleasure and an important topic. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy for Professionals. Make sure to share this podcast with your colleagues and head on over to wherever you listen to podcasts to give us a five-star review if you think we're worth it. And also, please make sure to fill out the quick survey below to let us know what topics you want to hear more about. Have a great day.